0: Live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio.
1: bobcat and rattler fans and welcome to this friday edition of bobcat radio i'm your host tyson taylor and today i'm joined by my producer Karis lay and my co-host david Castaneda, devin meredith and jp flanagan we've got a super fun show playing today where we'll talk about some texas state sports along with the interview with Dima mixon who is a sports editor over at southern miss university but before we jump in let's go to david for a word from our sponsor
0: Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is the sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound Furniture Road of 135 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bite, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com.
1: Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. Thank you, David. All right, guys, let's begin. Um, We're going to start it off today with Texas State Soccer. The Bobcats opened conference play last week, and they started off hot. They shut out the Louisiana-Raging Cajuns 3-0. However, since then, the past two games have resulted in a tie. First time in program history for this uh, soccer team. The second game of conference play was last Thursday. They tied with Arkansas State 0-0, and then played Sunday and tied with Troy for a final score of one to one and guys i just want to know y'all's opinions i mean do y'all think these conference games are just this competitive where you know it's extremely hard to come by points and hard to score or the bobcats just overall having offensive struggles honestly watching that game on sunday that one tie against troy uh
2: they have they're, they're they're struggling but they're they're finding the back of the net here and there uh i believe they had uh Leading the way, they had Alexis Neal, who got four shot attempts. Uh, She was one of six Bobcats to put it on the goal. Um, They can score, but again, they just got to put it in the back of the net. They got to figure something out. Troy got really physical at the second half. I mean... In the last like 87th minute Troy got a goal and that's what resulted in the tie and at the end of the day uh, they just got to find the back of the net and figure out uh, what works and what doesn't
3: yeah I mean Davin put it right on the money I mean uh, the issue when we were talking about the Oklahoma State game a few weeks ago is that the fact that they weren't really scoring consistently and now with you know these few games after the Oklahoma State game you see them kind of put an emphasis on scoring but obviously it's still a, a bit of a concern when you're not able to do it at a consistent level um, so getting into conference play that's something that they look to improve on because I mean to when games you're going to need to score and the defense doesn't seem to be an issue at the moment until like as you mentioned the 87th minute letting up a, a gimme goal that you know ultimately ended in a tie
0: i think conference opponents are a little bit more tough because you're actually fighting for something those games count in the conference standings so yeah tyson i think it's it's much different you know you talk about the the one and know uh when to houston that's not at a conference opponent but now you got three conference games Tied twice and won once, I believe. So I mentioned it, I believe it was last week. This team still hasn't lost in almost a month. So that's pretty impressive. And and what we talked about last week was the, the defense solely being able to win this team the conference championship. And yeah, it may be the case, but as Davin said, you gotta put it in the back of the net sometimes, you know. This 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 uh team needs to wake up their offense. I mean zero zero. So they've only had they've only had uh, four goals in the last three games. Mm. Not ideal. And in, in college soccer, you expect a little bit more <laughs> offense. But if you want to look at the silver lining, I believe the defense has definitely held up. And as I said, when it comes to conference opponents, that is that is big time
1: is the defense. Definitely, uh, offense definitely needs to uh, step it up. But defense has. They have been playing some good soccer um i want to give a shout out to Caitlin draper the freshman goal pe- uh, keeper and she's been in the zone the past uh several games she had a personal shutout streak going but that ended with that one gimme goal that Troy scored in those late minutes but i mean nonetheless she has 23 saves on the season and currently has a save percentage of 92 percent i mean opponents are having a tough time even sniffing the goal and might i add uh, save percentage has her ranked four in the country, not like in Texas, not in the division, fourth in the country. And she leads on uh, all freshmen. So, I mean, talk about making a name for yourself and um, starting off your collegiate career. So shout out to everybody on the soccer team and Miss Draper. Um, You know, hopefully they can get this offensive, um, you know, offensive streak going. But Texas State's next soccer game will be today. It will be at Georgia State, and they will be squaring off at 6 p.m. If you want to watch this game, it will be streamed on ESPN+. But we're going to move on. Um, we're going to move on to Texas State Volleyball. They placed, They faced off with the James Madison Dukes last night, and this was a rematch of last year's Sunboat Conference Championship. And the Bobcats uh, suffered a tough loss last night. It was a 3-0 sweep for the Dukes. They won both the first and second sets, 25-19, and sealed the game in the third set with a final score of 25-23. And, I mean, guys, this team just beat ULM uh, back-to-back game, starting off conference play 2-0. and So, I mean, you know they're locked in. Um, but, I mean, what do they got to do to beat talented teams like James Madison, at, who is currently first place in the Sunboat division?
4: Well, I think that the volleyball team um, definitely could use a little bit more help. I know that I've said before on Wednesday's BCR that they – um, have been switching up their players, um, playing players that we haven't seen before, um, and making sure that everybody gets a hand on the ball on the court. Um But I think that they really need to work on serve-receive because I know that for the longest time, um, at least this season, they have been hitting the ball into the net or they have been hitting the ball out of bounds. So they have the power and to get it over, but they don't have – the control to keep it inside the court.
0: Karis, I know we've been working on our uh, serve-receive and our KTSW volleyball team, but no, I mean... Yeah, 3-0 loss. That's a sweep to James Madison. Uh as you said, the best team in the conference. So it's nothing to to hang your head about. I haven't been watching this team too closely throughout the season, but I know they've been winning a lot. So, you know, it's a little bit it's a little bit upsetting, but this team has the players and for sure have had the have had the upsets earlier this season to to show that that they can go the distance. Um so I mean, yeah, just pick your head up. I, yeah, they face they face James Madison again tonight at 5 p.m. So you know that's that's a good thing. That's a chance to redeem yourself against a, a really good team. And if you could split the series with them, I think you'd be in a good position. And Coach Sean, Sean Hewitt's going to get them back on track. I mean, just
2: talking with him and interviewing him, and he, he came up with a plan 30 minutes before uh, the Houston game, a uh, whole new uh, game plan, and they ended up sweeping the number 13 team in the nation. So, Sean Hewitt's going to figure something out and get them back on track. Also, you got KJ Johnson, all reliable, and then also a budding star in Samantha Wunsch. So, I, I think the Bobcats are going to be all right.
4: Yeah. I, I just think Hewitt will um, definitely push this team to where they need to be. I know that he wants this team to succeed, um, and I think that he is doing a great job leading them um, in placing new new girls and getting those players where they need and stats and gameplays that uh, he's really pushing um, new things for this team.
3: Yeah, and I think the key will be to, you know, be getting to the game and starting out strong. I mean, we saw against Houston, you know, they didn't really let up a, let up a beat. They took down Houston's in three sets and then to follow the next game up to lose to southeastern Louisiana. I think the, the key is really to start, you know, aggressive and, you know, really not let the foot off the gas. And like y'all mentioned, I mean, Sean Hewitt will definitely get this team rolling again and, and this team will be seeing the success that they did see earlier in the season.
1: Definitely. And just a reminder for, um you know, who the team leaders are. KJ Johnson is currently leading the team with 191 kills samantha Wunsch is uh behind her with 125 kills and ryan torres and carly ferris both have over 250 assists so shout out to them for setting up these kill plays but uh like that De- um david said texas state's volleyball next game will be today and it will be a rematch from last night against the james madison dukes and that game will be on five uh be at 5 p.m on espn plus Plus. But we are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll be on the call with Southern Miss sports editor Dima Mixon. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. Gentlemen, um, we are on the call with Southern Miss sports editor Dima Mixon. Good morning, Dima. How are you doing today?
5: Hey, guys. How y'all
1: doing? Doing pretty good. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today.
5: Oh, uh, yeah, of course.
1: Right. I'll- sports yes sir it's our pleasure um well let's you know let's begin uh you, you know we're going to talk about the matchup you know taking place tomorrow between the southern miss golden eagles and the texas state bobcats but first you know i was just wondering if you could give us you know a little rundown of how um you know the southern miss season has started and you know where do you think this team is in terms of their potential
5: yeah it's been pretty rough honestly um you know the, they started the season with a lot of expectations um coming off of uh Really good year last year. Bowl win um, against Rice in the Lending Tree Bowl, and so they were seven and six last year. A lot of uh, veteran team coming back. Not a lot of questions. Really, the only question was the secondary. Um, but so they come out and beat Alcorn State in the opener pretty handily. They go to Florida State uh, the next week, and you know that wasn't really much of a contest. Obviously, everybody knows how good Florida State is. Mm-hmm. Then they have a, a in-state rob rival- or not an in-state rivalry, but a Southern Miss rivalry with Tulane, um, where a lot of Southern Miss fans felt like that they could compete in that game. It was a home game. And uh, Tulane just came into Hattiesburg and really just, just, you know, just, just beat them pretty bad. Mm-hmm. 21-3. wasn't ever really in contention. Um, so th- that was a really, left a real bad taste in Southern Miss fans' mouth. Uh, and then he, then they went on the road last week to play Arkansas State who By all means, a lot of people would expect to be some of the bottom tier in the Sun Belt. Um, And then they they got beat last week um, and let one of the nation's worst scoring offenses score 44 points against them. So pretty rough start to the season. And and they're looking hopefully to to turn the season around this weekend against a very good Texas State ball club.
0: Hey, Mister Mixon. David here. I got one name for you, and I want to tell you. I, w- I want you to tell us the importance he is to the team. Frank Gore Jr. Uh, what does that guy mean to the Southern Miss team?
5: Well, yeah, I mean he, he means a lot to Southern Miss for sure. Obviously, one of the biggest recruits they've gotten in uh, several years. You know, last season he uh, he went for like. 329 yards against Rice in the lending tree bowl. And then 250 plus yards against ULM in the final game to send them to that bowl game. But this year, he's honestly really struggled. He hasn't really been able to get, um, to get going. Um, he's only got 223 yards this season, which I think around 140 of those were last week against Arkansas state. So he had a good week last week. Um, but they've honestly really struggled in the run game for the first few weeks. So, but, the, but, it, but it did seem like it got, got back on track last week. But again, that Arkansas State defense was one of the worst in the Sun Belt. So I think this week will really show um, how much the run game has evolved since the first couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, if Texas State doesn't stop Frank Gore Jr., this offense is really hard to stop.
0: The Texas State defense, uh, not exactly what's winning us games this season. It's mostly the offense. What do you think Southern Miss has to do this week on offense to uh, to beat Texas State?
5: Yeah, well, well, first they got to figure out a way to bring down uh, Finley. I mean, six, seven, 250 is crazy. Um, I, I, you know, we were doing the pregame show yesterday. And I was like, God, this guy's – I mean, this this man is probably the tallest player on the field. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think anybody on service of defense is 6'7". Uh, actually, I know that nobody's on defense is 6'7". But I think they kind of they – got to have a better day in the secondary than they did last week. Um, a freshman quarterback threw for – three 300 yards plus on them last week um and it was his first start obviously this is a way more experienced and way more lethal uh texas state offense so they got to be able to make tackles in space which has been difficult for them this season um and they've got to they've just got to keep everything in front of them nothing over the top because uh finley's arm is pretty strong and uh, if they don't keep anything in front of them it might be a really long day for some defense
2: Hey, Davin here, and my question for you was uh, talking about that Texas State offense. Uh, who is uh, someone on that Golden Eagles defense that y'all lean on and to look forward to on Saturday?
5: Yeah, so it's it's a good good news for Southern Miss was they, they potentially have back their team captain and uh, um, really one of their best players on defense in Avery Hobbs. He was, he's was he been out for the whole season with a, um, a heart problem, actually, um, but he was just cleared to play this week. Um, so he should be back out there. But as far as the the talent on the field, I would say for sure, Jay Stanley, uh, big guy in the, in the safety position. Um, he already has two interceptions on the team. He leads the team in tackles. Um, didn't have the best week last week, but I mean, w- normally what he shows on the field is NFL talent. Uh, he's also sitting alongside Dylan Lawrence back there in the safety position. He's a transfer from uh, Mississippi State. He's a uh, he's a big big boy, he's six six, uh, two two fifteen. And, um, that, uh, you know, he, he's just this big physical presence, uh, on the, on the back end of the Southern Miss defense. Then they have veteran linebackers who's played for, um, five plus years in Swayze, Bozeman and Hayes Maples. And then, uh, their defensive line is touted to be one of the better defensive line in the Sunbelt outside of South Alabama, um, with you know, returning Jalen Williams and Quentin Bivens, very, very difficult to run on Southern Miss defense when it's, um, when it's at its full strength.
3: JP Flanagan here, Mr. Mixon. Uh, I was just curious because obviously going into the season, uh, Texas State was a big question mark with the huge roster turnover and coaching changes on both ends of the football. I'm just curious from outside looking in, you know, what their perspective is on Texas State now because I'm sure at the beginning of the season, a lot of people thought this was a, you know, a a winnable game for a lot of teams, you know, as they see Texas State on the schedule. But what's the outside perspective on Texas State at the moment?
5: Yeah, you nailed it. Um, You know, coming into the season, I think a lot of Slovenes fans would have uh, labeled this as a victory I mean, it's at home. Um, and even though Southern Miss really struggled against Texas state last season, you know, they still won that game. Um, but, you know, coming into this game I, I, and I said this on the pregame show yesterday, I mean, it's just unbelievable to think that Texas state is coming into Hattiesburg as the, as, the, as a road favorite. Right. And uh, I think a lot of Southern Miss fans um, are, are, you know, very disappointed with the, with the start of this season. And a lot of, a lot of Southern Miss fans are not expecting to win this game. I think they're just wanting to see um, the team compete better than they did last week. So I think that, that is what has changed that, you know, coming into the season, you'd think that this would be a win for Southern Miss, but now not a lot of fans expecting a win, but rather just wanting to see this team show some fight after three tough losses in a row. And what, uh, what GJ has done at that program is nothing short of remarkable And, you know, I I said it when we were at Sunbelt Media Day, actually, you know, every, every team came into their fight song with their fight song and Texas State came in with little baby and that just (laughs) showed, I mean, how funny that is, you know, just how showed that this man, you know, he's bringing a different culture to the Texas State program and it's really good for the Sunbelt. And, uh, but yeah, as far as Southern Miss fans, you know, I don't think really anybody, uh expects to win this game. They just want to see uh, show, show some fight because it's going to be very difficult to stop this offense.
0: The future in uh, college football <clears throat> is just as important as as the present right now. What would you say? Some of the biggest names that you're looking forward to in Southern Miss football, or...
5: uh, as far as future recruits.
0: Yeah, uh, no, sorry, recruits that y'all y'all just got in, like freshmen on the team right now.
5: Oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm trying to make that. But yeah, the one of their backup running backs, Rodriguez Clark. They got to transfer him from Memphis. He looked really, really good. He's their second guy outside of Frank Ford Jr. Um, he's looked. He's a big guy. He's really hard to bring down. I kind of uh, talk about him being a bowling ball because he kind of just like rolls down the field and it's very hard to bring him down. He's very muscular. Then uh, their, their backup quarterback, third string quarterback, Ethan Crawford. He's a, he's a great mobility guy. He'll be really good for them in the future um, after Billy Wiles and Holman um, graduate. Uh, he's really mobile in the pocket. He can deliver the throw. And I think he looks the best to me, honestly, during fall camp. Obviously, Billy Wiles and Holman Edwards were in a um, quarterback battle, and Billy Wiles eventually won the job. But um, Ethan Crawford, as far as um, how good he's looked uh, as a true freshman, will be, I think, really, really good for Southern Miss in the future.
2: And we all know the Sun Belt is a lot tougher conference than a lot of people give it credit for. was uh, just looking at y'all's schedule right here, and obviously we're in conference play now, but I noticed that y'all have a matchup against Mississippi State around November 18th uh, at Mississippi. I was just wondering what that matchup's going to be like having that smack dab in the middle of an already competitive uh, conference play.
5: Yeah, so coming into the season, I actually said that that's the the one potential chance I could see for of pulling off that upset. Uh, because it's a weird game for Mississippi state. It's, uh, after they go to Texas A&M and play Arkansas, then, you know, you have Southern miss the week before the egg bowl, which, um, I I don't know if y'all know what the egg bowl is, but it's Mississippi state Ole Miss, uh, it's a big deal here in Mississippi. And, um, they play that on Thanksgiving now. It's kind of like a yearly thing. That's a Thursday night game. So it's like Southern miss. You're playing an in-state rivalry, um, Five days before your biggest robbery and it's an 11 a.m. kick, sleepy kick. Uh, so I thought that that was a very potential chance for Southern Miss to upset them. What I've seen from Southern Miss this season so far, though, gives me no no hope that that would, that that would be the case. But I do think it's always fun to see Southern Miss Mississippi State line up on the field. Uh, you know, Ole Miss will not play Southern Miss in football. That's just like a thing now. And uh, so it, it makes me happy that Mississippi State will play Southern Miss in football because it's just good for the state to see both of those teams on, on the field, um, you know, with the black and gold and the brown and white on the field, it's just good for the state. So what the matchup will be like, you know, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a really defensive battle because I think Mississippi state will be kind of down because, you know, I don't think they're very good this year, but I don't know if someone is going to have enough firepower to, to beat them.
1: It definitely, Well, um, that's all the time we have today, Dima. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today uh, and giving us your insight. And I just want to wish you all good luck for uh, tomorrow and on the rest of the season.
5: Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Y'all have a good one.
1: Yes, sir. You too. All right, well, you heard it here first, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Dima Milkson, a sports editor at uh, Southern Miss University. We're going to move on to our final segments now. And, guys, I'm not going to lie, uh, you know, the staff here at KTSW, we've been enjoying our new segment, Tuesday Tally. We've been enjoying it enough, we decided to do a Thursday Tally as well. So uh, yesterday on Instagram, we posted our question um, at KTSW Sports, and it read, Is this the year for a Longhorn college football playoff appearance? So um, I will let y'all know the poll results. Um, 62% of the listeners said yes. 38% said no. So, guys, I mean, just talk to me. What are, what are your thoughts uh, on this question? I mean, I think Texas is setting themselves up to for this to be their first college
3: football like appearance or college football playoff appearance. I mean, with the success they've had at the beginning of the season. But I mean, as we've learned so far this season, that that Alabama team isn't necessarily, you know, that like good as they've been advertised to be. So, I mean, with that, I'm taking a grain of salt with, and I'm not thinking Texas is deserving of that number four spot at the moment. I mean, they haven't proven enough, they haven't beaten enough, you know, quality top 10 opponents at the this point but I think a good win against Kansas and some other big 12 opponents would easily catapult them in that conversation I mean I know they're already number three right now but I mean with a few more good wins I don't see anyone really having the ability to say that they can't make a college football playoff run uh, with with the schedule they have right now
0: I agree. You got to take it with a grain of salt because they haven't really played anybody. Wyoming, Baylor sucks. They lost to us (laughs) and they played Rice. But I will say that they have been taking care of those games as they should. Like I said, Baylor didn't take care of us. And they, they, you know, according to to a lot of uh, a lot of outsiders, they should have. So take it with a grain of salt, as you said, JP. But you're right. They got Kansas and Oklahoma these next couple weeks. But then after that, they got no ranked opponents as of now for a while so it's going to be hard for them if they just keep winning these games this is going to be maybe a hot take but they should go undefeated i mean they don't they don't really have anybody if you have that number 3 next to your name and there's nobody ranked for the rest of your schedule you should take care of business and and i agree that if if you're going to make the college football playoffs this is your chance i voted yes on the poll and I'm a big supporter. Real quick, before I swing it over to Davin, did y'all hear that man say that he was going to upstate Mississippi State? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's whatever. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Anything's possible. Believer. <laughs>
1: Anything <laughs> possible.
2: Uh, honestly, as when it comes to the Longhorns, I'm, like David said, there's, I'm looking at their schedule. Also, it's 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 very well possible that they could go undefeated. I mean. Uh, the only thing I'm seeing is Oklahoma. If they get over that, then they're basically good to go. And I'm going to be watching that game extremely closely because I think some weird things could happen. I think Oklahoma could uh, slap Texas in the face, and sometimes they can't recover from that. You know, it's it's That's their boogeyman true. for sure. So, honestly, uh, watch the Oklahoma game, see what happens, but very well possible.
4: So I have a question for y'all. Do y'all think Texas is a good team, or are they just playing against bad teams.
3: Oh, I think it's a good team. I mean, the offense isn't necessarily clicking at the moment, and that, that's kind of scary for other opponents because once their offense does click, they have one of the best defenses in the country at the moment. So, I mean, if, if they can get some things rolling with the deep ball, I mean, we've they've shown signs of it against Alabama. Um, if they can get some really consistency on offense, this will be one of the scarier teams in the country because, I mean, the offense is the thing that Sarkeesian came into this role is being dominated at, and, I mean, it's kind of faded just a little bit over the years, but, I mean, if he can figure out that side of the ball, uh, again, I mean, the defense is top 10 in the country, and is um, looking to have a you know a big outing against Kansas this weekend.
0: For sure I'd say they're a good team as well. They've had the the mixed fortune of, you know, taking care of the opponents that that they've been that they've been faced with, but also, you know, teams in the in the higher list of that of that AP top 25 not performing to their standards. So, I would say they're a good team, but just as much as, you know, they're not they're they're not getting the the best opponents and I agree, Davin, that uh that OU game, that that's going to be a big a big difference maker, you know, that the OU team is a lot gets a lot stronger whenever they play. Uh, they play Texas and in Dallas.
3: Yeah, I mean, and Dylan Gabriel's back this year. I, I know that was like a lot of that was what a lot of OU fans were saying last year. They didn't have a quarterback. It was basically Texas first. You know the running backs. Um, but I mean, we saw last year against Texas Tech. I mean, Texas beat. Tech 70 to 35 at home and then the following year ended up losing so I mean the, the game the year before it has no relevance I mean it might have been 49 to 0 last year but with a healthy Dylan Gabriel at the helm and a, you know a, another year under the Brent Venable system I mean I could easily see Oklahoma you know getting a ranked win against Texas but at the moment I'm still going to probably pick Texas over Oklahoma
1: Yeah, definitely um, I'm probably on a different side of opinions on this I mean personally I'm not necessarily a Longhorn fan by any means but I don't know personally I just feel like every year they have a similar experience or dynamic with the Cowboys, where they start the year off very high. You know, no, uh, they think they're playing the best football; nobody can beat them. You know, and then they end up losing to a subpar team. I mean, you just saw the Cowboys; they lost to the Cardinals, one of the worst teams in the league. And I mean, I know y'all are talking about Oklahoma, but I mean, they are playing number twenty-four Kansas tomorrow, and Kansas has been giving them problems the past few seasons. So, I mean, wh- what do y'all think tomorrow's game is going to look like? I mean, it'll be a show of the defense for Texas if they
3: don't let, you know, Kansas do what they're doing, uh, being the number one team, at, I think, first down plays or first down uh, conversions. So, I mean, and that's one of Texas's strong suits is being able to stop these teams that are having success on the offensive side of the ball. So it'll. I, I think we're all wanting an offensive shootout, but this could easily be Texas dominating on the defensive end of the ball and Jalen Daniels kind of having to play from behind all game. Kind of semi-hot take from
2: me. I think... Kansas is going to go up 10-0, second quarter. Everyone on social media is going to be freaking out, and I think UT is just going to come back at half, and it's going to be like forty four to ten, exactly <laughs> like that. But that's just my prediction. Uh,
1: um, we also have some other good games happening uh, this weekend. Um, I just want to know real quick what games are y'all looking forward to. We have number ten Utah at number nineteen Oregon State, number eight USC at Colorado. Uh, what games are y'all looking forward to this weekend? I mean, I'm probably going to look forward to that Ole Miss-Duke game.
3: Duke has Riley Leonard at the moment, so I'm probably leaning towards Ole Miss, but Duke's still a very
1: good football team. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, before we wrap it up and let y'all go, we're going to give y'all a update on the weather and let y'all know what it's looking like outside.
4: Yeah, so the the temperature right now is 85 degrees. Um, It is mostly sunny, and the high is supposed to reach 92, and the low is 69, but we know it's not going to hit that low today. Um, tomorrow is supposed to be the low seventy, the high is ninety-two, and then Sunday is seventy and ninety-one. Um, again, mostly sunny these next two days. Partly cloudy on Sunday. Um, it's looking it's looking pretty promising to be cooler but we're not there yet
1: let's go <laughs> before we let y'all go a couple updates if y'all want to hear more um discussion about that thursday tally questioning with the longhorns and the college football playoffs be sure to tune in tonight for bcr after dark that will be going on air from 7 to 7 30 and also if you are a hockey fan um this is texas state's first hockey game of the season they will be playing texas i think that game is at 6 p.m but that's all the time we have today for today's episode. Don't worry, we'll have you covered again on Monday with another edition of Bobcat Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode uh, and want to continue to hear more, then make sure to keep with us uh, at KTSW Sports on all social media. For, Kavis, uh, for Karis Lay, David Castaneda, D- Davin Meredith, and JP Flanagan, I'm Tyson Taylor, and thank you for listening to this episode of Bobcat Radio. Now, let's get you to the other side of radio.